Good morning. A warm welcome to the service today. Let's now worship God. Let's unite our hearts together in prayer. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this, your day, and we thank you for the encouragement uh, there in the psalm that we've sung, that you are the Lord of hosts and you are the one who hears our, our prayers. And Lord, we thank you for the confidence that that gives us, that you are the Lord of hosts, that you are the God who is almighty, the God who is all-powerful, the God who spoke everything that we see and everything that we are into being, who created everything from nothing and who sustains it by uh, the word of his mouth. We thank you that you are the Lord of hosts, that you are the sovereign, uh, the almighty God, the one who is able to do far more than we ask or even can think. And yet, Lord, we thank you that you hear our prayers. You listen for us as we come to make our requests and as we come before you in worship. So we thank you, Lord, for the fact that uh, that is a promise that you keep and that's a promise that is kept in Jesus. We know that if we were to seek to come into your presence in our own name and on the basis of our own lives, we, we could not make an approach because of the sin that is in us. But we thank you that we come in the name of Jesus Christ, your Son, our Saviour, the one who became sin so that we, as we believe in him, can become righteous. We thank you for the cross, that place that we come to each time that we gather. We thank you that on the cross, Jesus took our sin. He took the punishment for our sin upon himself. He took the curse of sin from us into his body on the tree. And we praise you that when we are trusting in Christ, we have the assurance that the curse is removed, that your blessing is upon us and that we are accepted and that we are received in and through Jesus' name. And so, Lord, we pray that you would receive us, that you would accept us. We pray, Lord, that as we confess our sin, that you would cleanse us. And we ask, Lord, that as we wait upon you in this hour, that you would renew our strength as you have promised to. We thank you, Lord, that we can pray for ourselves and our own need. And, Lord, you know our hearts, you know our need. Uh, we pray for anyone here this morning who is still outside of Christ, anybody who has not yet confessed their sin, anyone who has not yet trusted in Jesus. We pray, Lord, that even in these moments, as we read your word and as we meditate upon it, that you may be moving in the power of the Holy Spirit and that you may be drawing people, Lord, to yourself. Uh, we ask, Lord, that you would be working and that you would be seeking and saving those who are lost. We pray for the young people, especially those who are with us uh, and who have been in Scaladale over the weekend. Uh, we ask that they would remember that they would trust their Creator in the days of their youth, that they would come to know Jesus as their own Saviour and that they would go through their lives with that friend that sticks closer than a brother, that they would go through their lives with that ambition, uh, not to glorify self, but to glorify God and to know the joy that comes with that. We pray for those who are anxious this morning. Uh, there are many things in our lives which break in and distract us and uh, can, can weigh us down. And so, Lord, you know what these things are uh, as we even bring them before you in prayer just now. And we ask that you would help us to cast all our cares upon you. We thank you that we have a friend in Jesus who is able to take all our sins and our griefs and our cares and our burdens from us. And so we ask, Lord, that as we think of those 
whom we love and whom we are concerned for as we think about uh, the things ahead of us and this week or over the coming weeks that uh, give us a sense of anxiety. We ask, Lord, that you would help us and that you would help us to trust you and to lean upon you at this time. We pray for those who are grieving. Once more, Lord, we are conscious of those who are grieving, even in this week past in Scalpy and here in this area. We ask for your comfort, Lord, for your presence to be with them and for your hope to be given to them. And for those who are sick, for those who are in care homes, Lord, as we think of them and as we name them silently in our hearts, we pray that you would help them. For those in hospital also, that you would help them. We pray for our young ones. We thank you, Lord, for the sound of young voices in the church and in the creche. And we pray, Lord, for your blessing upon them. We thank you that as we've prayed for babies, we've seen them coming into your house. And we pray for those who are here today. We pray for those who will be here on Tuesday who may not uh, come any other day. And we ask, Lord, that you would bless them and that you would help us to show them the love of Christ as they come in to this place. So hear our prayers. Uh, lead us and guide us in worship and enable us to know uh, your presence with us at this time. And we ask all this in Jesus' name and for Jesus' sake. Amen. So let's pray, will we? Lord, we thank you for your love for us. We thank you, uh, that, you that you, Lord Jesus, came into this world uh, to overcome the darkness. We know that in our hearts there is the darkness of sin. But we thank you that you, Lord Jesus, came into the world to, to be the saviour, to take that sin away so that the light uh, of Jesus would shine into our lives and that we would know everlasting light and life. Uh, when we are trusting in him. So help us, we pray, whether we're young or whether we're older, to be believing in Jesus and to be telling other people about Jesus and to be showing other people Jesus in the way that we live. And we ask all this in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. And if we could turn in our Bibles, please, to First John chapter 4 and we'll read the whole of the chapter. This is God's word. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and even now is already in the world. You dear children are from God and have overcome them. Because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. They are from the world and therefore speak from the viewpoint of the world and the world listens to them. We are from God and whoever knows God listens to us. But whoever is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood. Dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. We know that we live in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. 
And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in him and he is in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. In this way, love is made complete in, is made complete among us so that we will have confidence in the day of judgment because in this world we are like him. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, he is a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God, whom he has not seen. And he has given us this command, whoever loves God must also love his brother. Amen. And may God bless that reading of his word to us. If you could turn back, please, with me to First John chapter 4. And let's pray as we come back to God's word. Lord, we thank you for your word. We know that we cannot understand it. We can't hear your voice. We can't see Jesus unless the Holy Spirit uh, shows us. And so we pray for the ministry, for the teaching of the Holy Spirit. We pray uh, that he would be active uh, in us and amongst us. Uh, that you would, Lord, help us to understand and touch our hearts and take the scales away from our eyes and uh, enable us to see and to believe in Jesus. We pray for the young ones in Sunday school. We thank you for them. We ask, Lord, that they too would understand the simple message of the Bible and that they would believe and that they would come to know uh, Jesus. We pray for others as well as they meet in different places, the congregations that we're from in different areas. We pray for each one. Uh, we pray for those of our members who are away just now on holiday, that you would bless them and that you would refresh them. We pray for those who are visiting with us and we ask that you would bless them and refresh them also. And we pray for those who, who preach in other places. We think of uh, Duncan as he opens your word in Carloway just now. Uh, we ask that you would speak through him. We pray for Stuart as he preaches over in U.S. today. And we ask, Lord, that you would also uh, minister uh, your word through him. And for every other place where your word is open, where Christ, Christ crucified is preached, of whatever denomination, Lord, we pray uh, that you would be at work. Um, building up your church and, and seeking and saving souls. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Does anybody remember uh, these? Do you remember these things? What are these things? These are COVID test kits. I found one in the bottom of the, the bathroom cupboard in the last uh, couple of days. And uh, going back, uh, was that a year, two years ago, uh, we would be regularly taking these tests <laughs> And then we'd be nervously waiting to see if the test was positive enough, positive enough to justify taking another week off school when you feel pretty much okay. So a test kit, COVID test kit. 1 John, the, the, the book, is, is a bit like a test kit. But John is writing so that we will know that we have eternal life. This book as we step through these chapters, it's designed to help us uh, to know that we have eternal life. And it's also designed to help us to know if we don't have eternal life, so that we can come to Jesus and ask him for eternal life. The key verse in, in this book of First John is, um, 
in verse 13 of chapter 5. And John writes, and he says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. So that's John's purpose in this chapter and in every chapter of this little letter. Uh, John, as God the Holy Spirit inspires him, he wants us to know, not think, not wonder, not be in doubt, but he wants us to know where we stand before God. He wants us to know that we are saved. So let me just begin with that opening application and ask you the question, uh, do, you, do you know that you are saved? <coughs> Can you give a straight and a clear answer to the question, are you a Christian? Do you know if you were called from time into eternity today, do you know that you would have eternal life in heaven and not eternal death in hell? See, John doesn't want us to be in doubt over any of these things. He wants us to know that we have eternal life. And so he asks us questions in the course of this book that help us to diagnose where we are. And I want to consider four questions today if we have a time, three if we don't. Depends how fast you listen. Question number one, who are you listening to? Question number two is where are you from? Question number three is who do you love? And question number four is, how are you living? So these are the four questions. These are the four points that we'll work through in the time that we've got. So first of all, who are you listening to? Today there's lots of people who want to speak into our lives. You can't avoid knowing the fact that this is the weekend that Black Friday's on and Cyber Monday. So there's constant emails coming through. They're trying to speak into our lives, speak into our inboxes so that we'll buy the things that they're they're telling us are such a good deal. There's lots of people who want to, to speak into our lives. Uh, young people especially, seeing as we have quite a high proportion of them this morning, uh, they're very familiar with the term influencers. And social media is, feel, is full of uh, people who would, who would call themselves uh, influencers. And some want to influence your fashion style, some want to influence your food choices, some want to influence the way that you think about issues like gender and identity and ethical issues. And these influencers, many of which are not very good, they want to speak into your lives. And they want us to listen to them. You could say John is an influencer. God the Holy Spirit is speaking through John. And John wants us to listen to him. So verse 1. If you've got your Bibles open, you'll find it easier to look at the Bible than to look at my face. Uh, Dear friends, verse 1. Do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. So John, is, he starts on that note. And he's... He's speaking a word of caution about who we, who we listen to. He speaks, about, he speaks about spirits. He says, don't believe, don't listen to every spirit. So what does he mean when he's talking about spirits? Is he talking about ghosts and, and ghouls? Well, no, he's, he's speaking about people and the spirit with which they're speaking. See, back then, about just a little under 2,000 years ago, this was written about AD 85, AD 90, uh, there were people, and John calls them false prophets. 
They were a cult called Gnostics. And they were telling lies about Jesus. And these Gnostics, these false prophets, they were saying that Jesus was never really a man. They were denying the, the message and the glory of, of Christmas. They were denying that the word, that God, became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And so John is writing uh, to oppose these false teachers. John is showing us how to spot a fake. Now there's lots of fakes in, in this world. Uh, you can go on eBay and you can see a whole lot of fake uh, designer jackets and, and trainers. Uh, you can uh, go into marketplaces in London or Glasgow and there will be people offering you uh, apparently genuine Rolex watches for £30. They're just fakes. I remember being on a beach years ago and a man came along and he offered me a pair of genuine Ray-Ban sunglasses. I needed a pair, so I bought a pair. £10 was a good deal. And I took them home and had a closer look at them. It didn't actually say Ray-Ban on the lens. It said Roy Bond. They were fakes. And there were people, and there still are people, who say that they are bringing a message from God, but it's fake. And John helps us to spot them. He says in verse 2, This is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and even now is already in the world. Now some of us might be saying, why is John getting so hot under the collar about this? Why is John so bothered about this? Why is he so intent on, on making this point that Jesus came into the world as a real man, that he's, that he's real flesh? Why is this such a big deal for John? And the answer to that question is because our salvation and eternal life depends on this. If Jesus was not human, if Jesus did not come in the flesh, he couldn't take our sin from us. He couldn't stand in our place. He couldn't take the punishment that we deserved. He couldn't be our substitute. For those who were watching Match of the Day last night, uh, you see the game uh, going on and, and uh, sometimes the game stopped, on comes a substitute. So if Man United are playing and they break uh, for a substitute, the guy that comes on as the substitute is from Man United. He's wearing the same strip. He's of the same team. He's not of a different team. He doesn't come down from the stands. He's part of that team. And Jesus had to be the same as us. He had to be human to be our substitute. He had to come in the flesh, to take on flesh like us. And John is making clear that Jesus was human, that Jesus was man, that Jesus was and is the saviour. And John wants us to listen to what he has to say about Jesus. John wants us to listen to Jesus. John wants us to come under the influence of Jesus. John wants us to believe in Jesus. So he asks us this question, who are you listening to? Who are you listening to? If your social media account was stuck up on the, on the screen, and we scrolled through all the stuff that's speaking into your lives, who are we listening to? Are we listening to Jesus? Are we trusting in Jesus as saviour? He's the only one who's able to take away our sin. He's the only one who is able to give us eternal life. So who are you listening to? It's the first question. Second question is, where are you from? Now today we've got visitors with us 
and uh, people, when they meet with visitors at the end of the service, when we're having a cup of tea, almost always the question that I hear the visitors being asked is, is where are you from? And that's the question that John asks. And he draws attention uh, to only two places. He talks uh, about those, verse 4, who are from God. And he talks about those, verse 5, who are from the world. And he's asking you and I to think about where we're from. So verse 4, as he writes to those who believe, he says, You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you Jesus is greater than the one who is in the world. So John, as he speaks to Christians, as he speaks to to believers, he says, you are from God. What makes them from God? Well, just simply the fact that they believe in Jesus. You are in Christ, says John, and Christ is in you. That's what makes you Christians. That's what makes you children of God. And then there's the contrast. It goes from one extreme to the other. Uh, We have some artists in the congregation today. Some artists love to use uh, lots of colours and shade and the lines are all bloody. Uh, Other artists just like black and white, sharp lines. John is a black and white, sharp lines, contrast kind of a guy. And so he says, you are from God. That's one extreme. And then he looks at another group and he says, they are from the world. And therefore speak from the viewpoint of the world. And the world listens to them. So John, he he looks in the direction of the false teachers, the the Gnostics, the fakes, and he says, they're from the world. So what was it that identified them as being from the world? Well, it it was the fact that they didn't believe in Jesus. They didn't believe that Jesus was the God man. They didn't believe that Jesus was the savior. And that's what made them from the world. That's what put them outside of the, 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 the category of Christian. So he says, you believers, those who are believing in Jesus, you are from God, you belong to God. They, he says, who are contesting the truth about Jesus, they are from the world. They're outside of Christ. And then John speaks about himself and where he was coming from. Verse 6. We are from God, says John, and whoever knows God listens to us. But whoever is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood. And when John says in verse 6, we, he's talking about himself and all of the apostles. Just a small group of people that included Uh, Peter and Paul and John and a few others and he says we are from God and the reason that we are from God he says is because we're telling you the truth about Jesus we're telling you to believe in Jesus so there were two very different distinct groups of people back then and there are two very distinct groups of people in this room here today there are those who belong to God and who are trusting in Jesus And there are those who belong to the world. And John is asking you and I the question, which group are you in? Where are you you from? And it's a, a massively important question. Because where you are from will determine where you are going. If you are from God, if you are trusting in Jesus, then when you die, and all of us will die, we'll go to be with Jesus. We'll enjoy eternal life. In heaven, in that place that Jesus has prepared for all those who are trusting him. So if you're from God, that's the course you will take upon death. But if you're from the world, if you're here 
and you are someone who is saying week by week, I don't actually want to know Jesus. I don't want him in my life. Then when you die, if you haven't changed, Jesus will say, well, depart from me. You didn't want to know me and I, I didn't ever know you. And there'll be no eternal life. There'll be no place in heaven. Uh, there'll be no escape from hell. So where are you from? Who are you listening to? Third question is, who do you love? Now today there's a huge emphasis on, on, on what love is, how love is expressed. Before you're even told how to read and write, you're told uh, what to think about these kind of things today. And the big issue uh, that the world pushes on us is that you're free to love whoever you want, whatever gender, whatever way you want to love. It's fine. That's the philosophy of, of our age. So today, the culture uh, that we live in says love is God. Love is God. And love is all about self. It's all about satisfying self. It's got to work for me. The Bible says the opposite. Dear friends, verse 7. Let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. So the world says love is God and it's all about getting what I want. The Bible says God is love. It's not all about getting, it's all about giving. Then there's this amazing statement in verse 9 as we think about uh, what love truly is as God defines it in the giving of his son. This is how God showed his love among us, verse 9. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as the atoning sacrifice, the, the propitiation for our sins. So John is saying, if you want to know about love, it's not about what you feel. It's not about some funny feeling in your stomach. It's not about what this culture is telling you. It's about what God is telling you. God is love. And we see that love so clearly and so powerfully marked out on the cross. And you know, after the cross, where Jesus gave his life for us, John and the rest of the apostles, they never spoke about love without looking back. The apostles never tried to explain love without surveying again the wondrous cross of Jesus, because that's where we see love. That's where we see God's love for us. God gave his only son, Jesus, to be our saviour. You've heard that a million times. But I pray that the Holy Spirit will take this truth and drive it into our souls so that we'll feel this. God gave his only son to be our saviour when we had no hope. And no possibility of eternal life. God gave his only son to be the sacrifice for our sin. So that we who were, because of our nature that was sinful, at war with God. So that we could be made at one with God. Through the atoning, the at warning sacrifice of Jesus. Sometimes we doubt God's love for us. There might be somebody here this morning and you doubt God's love for you. Maybe you're angry towards him. Maybe you feel like he doesn't care about you. Maybe life has been difficult over the last while and you feel like he's a million miles away from you and the devil is whispering in your ear and he's saying he doesn't love you. Where do you go to get over these doubts? You go back to the cross 
You go back to that place in history where we see the powerful love of God for us. And sing the verse from the hymn. Here is love, vast as the ocean, loving kindness as the flood, when the Prince of Life, our ransom, shed for us, shed for me, his precious blood. Who his love cannot remember? And when you and I see, or when we remember God's love for us, how should we respond? Well, we should respond by, by trusting him. You can trust someone who loves you that much. We should respond by loving him who first loved us. And we should respond by loving each other. Verse 11. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. Remember the COVID test? Remember you would do the liquid thing and you'd wait for five minutes. Um, if you were positive, how many lines did you see? It's two lines, wasn't it, if I remember rightly? Two clear black, sometimes two, two, two clear red lines. And that indicated if we were positive, and there are two lines, two markers, that indicate if we are Christians, if we have eternal life. And one is that we love God. That's line number one. We love God because he first loved us, and we've seen that. And the second line is we love each other. We love our brothers and our sisters in Christ, even though they're a bit weird, even though they can be quite annoying. You know, it's not always easy to love each other. In any family, there are clashes. We annoy each other, and it's, it's messy. And the family of God is no different. Uh, we are all sinners, so it will be messy. Our patience will be tried, and we will try the patience of others. But we ought to love one another, says John. And when we do, verse 12 John says the world sees a little reflection of God's love. The world gets a, a, a small sense, a little picture of what God is like. No one has ever seen God, verse 12. But if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. So there's a lot at stake here when we're dealing with this challenge to love one another. And John asks us the question, who do you love? Final point, it's only going to take me two or three minutes, is how are you living? So he asks the question in the course of uh, this message. Who do you love? Where are you from? Uh, who are you listening to? And uh, he ties it all together in the last section from verse 13 to 21 uh, with this question, how are you living? And essentially what John is saying is if you are a Christian, if you have eternal life, there'll be some things that you do. I mean, you all have encountered people who say, I am a Christian. And they make a big noise about the fact that they're a Christian. And they may be a, um, a Christian uh, who's belonging to a particular denomination, whose father was a minister and whose great-grandfather was a missionary. And I'm a Christian. And they speak it out. But John is saying, it's not just about speaking it out. It's, it's, also about, it's also about living it out. But he does begin by saying, if you're a Christian, uh, you will speak about Jesus. Can I ask you this morning, when did you last speak to somebody about Jesus? Not about church, not about Scaldale camp, not about community lunch. When did you last speak to somebody about Jesus? Not denominations, but Jesus. The fact that God the Son came in the flesh, lived, died, rose, and promises that those who believe in him will have everlasting life. That's a message worth sharing. 
It's a message that we've been commissioned to share. When did you last speak to somebody about Jesus? Because that's a marker. Uh, That's a, a sign. That's an evidence in our lives that we are Christians. We're not to be... We're not to be bulbs on a string with no light to speak about Jesus. And that puts the fear into actually all of us. But John anticipates that and he says, don't panic. You, you've got the help of the Holy Spirit. So there's three things in this last point. I'll just give you the headings. Uh, if we are Christians, what will be evident in our lives is one that will speak about Jesus. We know we live in him, verse 13, and he in us because he has given us of his spirit And we have seen and testify, we testify that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in him and he is in God. So if you're a Christian, you and I, with the help of the Holy Spirit, need to testify to acknowledge that we are Christians. We need to speak about Jesus. The second thing that should be seen in our lives is that we look forward to meeting Jesus. Verse 17, John speaks about a a day of judgment, a day that will stand before Jesus. Some people, when they think about the day of judgment, are filled with fear and dread. A Christian, on the other hand, looks forward to that day because that's the day that we're going to meet and stand before the Savior whom we love and we trust. So John says, how are you living? Are you speaking about Jesus? You're looking forward to meeting Jesus? And finally, John says, are you loving like Jesus? And he goes back to this again, verses 19 and 20. He says, we love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, he's a liar. It's pretty straight talking, isn't it? For anyone who does not love his brother or sister whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And we almost want to say to John, at this point, it's time to change the record. Every single chapter. You're back to this again and again and again. We've got the point, John, about loving each other. But the truth is we haven't. The reason John keeps on saying this over and over and over again, love each other, love each other, love each other, love each other, is because we keep on needing to hear it. Because we're struggling to do it. We struggle to live this way. So let's finish with this thought. Is there someone just now in your life, another Christian, that you don't love? Is there someone in your life just now, a brother or sister, and you've fallen out with them? And they're at a distance, and you're happy with the distance. In fact, if it was longer as a distance, that'd be good too. Is there someone in your mind? And that's how you feel about them. Well, Jesus speaks through John and he says to you and I, you need to love them. And we might respond by saying, well, they don't deserve love because of the things they've said and the things they've done to me. And Jesus will answer as he looks us in the eye and says, neither did you deserve my love, but I loved you anyway. And he has given us this command, verse 21, whoever loves God must also love his brother. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for uh, John the Apostle, uh, the Apostle of love, uh, who speaks with such perseverance about love, who showed love in the way that he lived. 
and yet who spoke so directly and so bravely. We ask that you would minister to us as we meditate upon your word. Help us to think this afternoon about who we are listening to, the influences that speak into our lives. We pray that we would be those who are listening to and believing in Jesus. We pray that we would be those who are able to say that we are from God because our faith is in Christ and we're not those who are from the world because we are keeping Jesus at a distance and on the outside of our lives. We pray that we would be those who who spend time even today surveying the cross again and trying to understand and grasp something of the height and the depth and the width and the wonder of the love that God has for us. And we pray that our response would be that we would love you, that we would trust you, and that we would love each other. We pray that we would be people uh, who, in and through our lives, would show that we are Christians. Yes, that we would speak about Jesus to a world that largely doesn't know about Jesus and what he did for them, and that we would live each day uh, mindful of the fact that there's coming a day when we will stand before Jesus. We pray that we wouldn't be fearful of that day, but that we would be looking forward to that day as those who have trusted Christ. To hear our prayers, help us to love you, help us to love each other, and we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of God the Holy Spirit be with us all, now and forevermore. Amen. Amen.